0: It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 9th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that thought we were going to be talking about a Pens game, but instead we're talking about a big trade between the Flyers and Ducks.
1: Man, did my phone blow up today?
0: It uh, must have. Uh, we will talk about the big trade between Anaheim and the Flyers, that Pens game a little bit, and it's Phantoms Tuesday, so a lot to get to all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the
1: Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app, formerly known as Twitter, at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked on Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, you can find us over on YouTube, on the SiriusXM app, anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Yeah, almost feels like there was not a game last night. Uh, It was secondary. Absolutely secondary, of course. uh, Early or mid first period, I guess it, it came. It came out that the Flyers were sending the signing rights to Cutter Gautier, our Number one draft pick from two years ago to the Anaheim ducks for defenseman Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second round pick. And who boy, speaking of phones blowing up, uh yeah, this this is a doozy of a trade. I think not that you know you look at this trade and say this is a huge hockey trade, but I think it's the reasons behind it that are the talk of the town
1: right so first we always have to bring up philadelphia and if someone says they don't want to be here it always hurts them probably more than any other fan base right so you have that right you hear that and then some of the other stuff starts we have to remember he's a 20 year old he's a 20 year old okay and we also have to remember that he has representation and there are channels that go through and hey the flyers got fed up with that that's fine that's their right And it's also his right to do it the way he was doing it too, but in the end, there are always two sides. There's always two sides. We we saw that when he was drafted, I was like, I don't know if he could be a center. After the World Juniors this year, I was like, man, he is well on his way to being a center. But yet in the post, you know, when Danny Briere spoke today, he was like, well, I got a I got a defenseman for a left winger. Well, this kid wants to play center and he wants to play in the NHL. And Scott Hartnell said. That Danny Briere said he wasn't going to be playing in the NHL this year, uh, but next year, and that wasn't what he wanted to do. So, those two things, if everybody's looking for a reason, those are two good places to to start looking.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair, and and the truth is always somewhere in the middle between right. the two sides of the story, and I think that you know if if this is how Cutter Gauthier and his family or his representation wanted to handle things and they didn't want to talk to the Flyers for whatever reason, or he had changed his mind, then that's okay. You know, that's that's fair. And and that's what, you know, guys can make that decision. And I have no problem personally, if somebody doesn't want to play in Philadelphia, I'd rather go somewhere else and, you know, have a nice life. Um, But I think that the problem lies in that you know the Flyers wanted to try and convince him otherwise, sure. and maybe they didn't go about it in the best way possible, but they did in good faith want to have him be part of the future of the of the Flyers, and mm-hmm. it, it didn't work out. So I do think that you know all that being equal, and knowing that the Flyers maybe didn't do things a hundred percent right, and Cutter Gautier and and his team. You know, ghosting the flyers essentially was maybe not the most appropriate thing to do either. Keith Jones on the broadcast was a hundred percent right. Like, okay, well, if this is where we are, no matter who's at fault or if anybody's at fault or nobody's at fault, you got to sell high, and this this is the absolute right time to sell high. Yeah, this is a no
1: fault situation. It really is. I know people yeah. see it the other way, but it really is. But and again, we're taking it. On face value that this is the highest they could get like we don't know who the other mm-hmm. players they were offered other draft picks like my my thing with this is is such that okay i like jamie drysdale i could talk about him for a month i mean i was hiring him in his draft year he's a great kid i went out of my way to see him play in juniors because that's what, how much i thought of him and he's a really good nhl defenseman he's not an all-around defenseman though he really is an offensive defenseman who will be physical at times play some defense but he's also got some injuries too. Like he had a bad injury mm-hmm. last year. So so there is a little risk there, right? But, but he's a terrific right hand shot defenseman. I'm not gonna say they got a bad player because they didn't. They got a good player. Um they didn't get a superstar though. And they got a twenty twenty five second when Anaheim I think has two seconds this year. So they couldn't even get a twenty twenty four second, which would have helped with someone like me, because I might have even eased up on him a little bit, because the twenty twenty five, you know, it doesn't really Do much for you for this year's draft and your quest to to do better in this year's draft but again there's a trickle down effect to this so drysdale either plays on the first or second pair and then so does cam york and then seemingly the the walker cedar thing either breaks up or that moves into the third pair you know what i mean but in the end it'll cut down playing time on zamula in the end it'll keep ronnie adder from probably coming up until somebody maybe gets dealt at the deadline Like, there's a trickle-down effect that goes beyond this year. Yeah, they'll have a chance at the playoffs, but what if they don't make the playoffs? Now you're out of a top-10 spot. You've now set back the rebuild a little bit. There's no way around it. Like, the rebuild's not the same. Because if if it were a true rebuild, they could have gotten a lot of futures for them. They didn't have to get a player, right? They could have maybe gotten a first and maybe a second and maybe even something else. But they didn't. They wanted the player. John is happy that they got the player and didn't lose anybody off the roster. That's a factor in all of this, too.
0: Yeah, now, to be fair, he's a very young player. Sure. So I, I think there's that aspect of it. Well, remember, Chuck Fletcher not... played
1: that game, too. I'm going to trade yep. for these 24-, 25-year-olds. It's still not the same as getting a guy from the draft and bringing him up yep. through your Oh, street. totally. You know, it's not the same.
0: It is not the same. But I, I do think that you are correct that this rebuild is irrevocably changed. I think there's just there has to be a a significantly different approach now because of the now missing potential offense in your future. Well, the I think that is, is
1: affected.
0: Yeah, and you know, there then there's something to that too, by the way, with um you know, we were talking before recording that Look how he's dealt that Tortorella's dealt with Morgan Frost. Um, they right. signed Ryan Paling. So what is that signal to Cutter Gautier about how the Flyers and the center position is right now? Right. Um, so you know, not... that. like that's an
1: important thing you just brought up because yeah, when college players envision themselves playing in the NHL. They look at the roster and look at their chances of playing because they there's a point when they want to play and he wants to play.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I think. There's there's a lot more to dig into with that. We will absolutely be doing more of that on tomorrow's show. We'll dig into. I feel like I need to have a
1: whiteboard now and go through the whole rebuild and see what gets affected and all the things, but I don't have a whiteboard, Rachel. So,
0: well, we'll get one in time for tomorrow's show and uh, put it up behind me right here. I'll take my uh, David Bowie pictures off the wall and we'll we'll put the whiteboard up here. But uh, I think that. Yeah, there's a lot more to to dig into. Uh, we can talk more about Jamie Drysdale and and what he could bring, and you know where he'll slot in, and you know his history a little bit. You know, given your prospect expertise, and we'll, t- well yeah we'll we'll talk about the rebuild as well and what it means for that. Um, in, in the meantime, there was a game that the Flyers lost pretty terribly <laughs> to the Pens. Ah, uh, did not come out strong. Never competed really. And it just kind of went from there, and I felt like, you know, the the goals that the Pens scored just were completely avoidable, just as a team from right. the Flyers, like totally Carter Hart. Although, a few of them, like or a couple of them, I would say, but like, I think the team kind of let Carter Hart down in a lot of ways as well.
1: Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that, and like I get it, all that bad blood, it was started on both sides, but it probably went a little too far, like you know. At some point it wasn't going to get you back in the game but you know no. whatever i just you worry about players breaking down and wearing down by going through all that all the time every game it's a lot and i mean yeah after the scrum stuff all of that adds up like as an example and i'm not saying who was right who was wrong because again you know Latang hit car halfway in the face he gets hit he gets bloodied up but then lawton's in there and he gets hit in the face by malkin that's not fun like these guys, and I know they're hockey players, and they, but there's a, a cumulative effect there.
0: Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, it's a. Uh, it, it was not a good game. I think there's more to take from it as well, uh, especially going up against a team like Montreal coming up next, it's a bit uh, dangerous. which we're also yeah. So we're also going to talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, up next are two blissfully innocent. People who had a discussion about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, some of which included how to get Ronnie addert up on the power play. So that's hilarious, but uh, huh. it, it, it was a good discussion regardless. Nice we had, we were thinking yeah, about it,
1: Ronnie. That's what we were thinking about.
0: We were thinking about Ronnie, um, but there's a lot to talk about with the Phantoms, and uh, we get into it coming up next.
1: The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live, same game parlays. Find bets in new Explorer tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays and more. You know, for this one, I'm thinking take the Kansas City Chiefs. Over the Dolphins, it's the uh, although nobody's really going to watch it because it's it's on Peacock only. But for the ones that do, uh, it's going to be like three degrees out. So I don't know if Miami will like that weather. So visit fanduelcom on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL.
0: We will be answering your mailbag questions on tomorrow's show, so make sure to get those in. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. You can send us a message on Twitter or comment over on YouTube. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms, Russ, uh, continue to confound and sometimes astound, but um, I think that it's uh, it is a little frustrating. You know, uh, we had a split decision uh, weekend with uh, a win over the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and a loss once again to the always annoying Hershey Bears, uh, three to two. That was an overtime loss, and um, you know, still in seventh. Still, just hovering around five hundred. It's uh, yeah, really frustrating.
1: It is frustrating. It's, and I'm sure it's frustrating for the players. I mean, they're they definitely are better than that. There may have been other years where we felt like, all right, you know, they're not the greatest team, but they're better than that. They have pretty good talent there now, and it just seems like it's not clicking. And you know, I know they're making different lineups. We understand. We went through some of that last last phantom show as to moving out a player so they can make you know other moves and i don't know i'm looking at these lineup this lineup and i'm like i mean why is adam brooks on the second line like i don't know
0: yeah it is really interesting especially because they wound up shuffling the lines a lot uh, in both those games anyway so right, you're on gonna... the second
1: line to the fourth line okay
0: <laughs> yeah
1: isn't it good to have consistent lines once in a while don't players appreciate that
0: Sometimes. I mean, uh, you know, they did have to do a come from behind in that win versus wilkes scranton which was a good thing that they were able to do it, but yeah. they scrambled the lines mid-game in that one as well so, to try and get something going, which is the right thing to do sometimes. Um, but again, it just, it, there's this issue with consistency here. Um, with the you, lines,
1: there's definitely an issue. Like, it seems like, other than, even the top line, I guess lately they've been going with somewhat close to the same line but their lines have been in a blender for a while now
0: yeah yeah and I think it's partially to get some of those top guys uh going again you did allude to uh Alexei Gendron getting sent back to the queue which we talked about uh last week um and Ian LePerrier did talk about it in his uh you know pregame interviews and, and such this week and it was, as we suspected, was to get him the playing time that he wasn't getting there. I still disagree that he couldn't have gotten the playing right, time too. in Lehigh Valley because, you know, Lappy said that uh, Gendron was getting better that he just needs to work on getting bigger and that he wasn't gonna be able to sort of survive the rough and tumble of the AHL at his current size. He's not
1: gonna get bigger in the queue. He's gonna go back there. I and know go right back to what he does in the queue and score a lot of points, but he doesn't need to be bigger there. That's
0: the thing. Yeah, that's what's so interesting. And of course he did. I mean he's got five points in three games right. there so far three goals, two assists, which is like, of course he does, because he's one of the oldest guys in that league. And, you know, he's basically solved the goaltending there, which is almost nothing. So yeah, it's like, what is the use? Uh, The the only thing interesting that I will say is that Lappie talks specifically about J.R. Avon Mm -hmm. and that they're similar players, but that Avon is way ahead of Gendron, which is true. Of course, but but he's a bigger
1: guy to start. Yeah. So, you know, again, let's not just do this because Avon's the bigger guy. You know what I mean? Like, again, I I understand what they're doing, but just saying he needs to play bigger, okay. Um, the only place he's going to be able to play bigger is the AHL. And if he's not doing it now, fine. But you hope he's going to be doing it next year because Avon's got that edge. But as far as like offensive talent, they're both on this, you know, an equal plane and Jendra might be a little half of them. And you just, there's only so much you could do sometimes with a player like Gendron to get him to do that. And it might just be a maturity thing where it happens in, you know, the next year or two.
0: That's kind of the story with that for now. And I really hope we get Gendron rare to go next year and he kills it in the AHL and proves everybody wrong. That is my hope, wish it dream for nice. him. It
1: would be very yeah. nice.
0: I think, you know, for these two games, you know, it's always tough to get a sample size from two games, but you're looking at the season overall. Now, the other interesting thing that I would say that Ian LaPerriere mentioned that he he has said recently that the goaltending has been an issue. And these are two solid goaltenders, ostensibly, Mm -hmm. and Felix Strandstrom and Cal Peterson that they've been using down there. They each played a game this past week. And, you know, in a two-game week, well, they they are back to back, so of course it makes sense to split it between them. But that's like literally one game a week for these guys, and these are NHL level ish goaltenders, right? They need to be playing more than that, I think, in order to keep their rhythm going.
1: Like, here's how I would solve it: Peterson's a guy you acquired in a trade; you owe nothing to him, and you maybe would get a fifth round pick if he starts to do well. was a guy that you you know you drafted, maybe you didn't, and Ron Hextall did. Well it has been in your organization and deserves at least a string of like five or six starts where he gets, you know, four or five of them so he can show what he can do. Cause if nothing else, that's the only way he's getting a contract again next year, even if it's not with the Phantoms, it's somewhere else. But I mean, that's what really I would do. That's just me.
0: Yeah, and I would say, you know, watching these guys on a semi-regular basis, I would say that they're both making some incredible saves, and I would say the the swing of great save to what was that is bigger with Peterson than it is with Sandstrom, and so I think your point holds, based on that alone, is that I would rather have Sandstrom in there for more games than Peterson.
1: I mean, because again... You never know what's gonna to happen to goaltending in the future. And you might want to sign Sandstrom for next year, but you may have the same question you had this year, next year for Sandstrom, because you didn't get to play him enough. That just doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh I I would also say on the upside is that uh Samu Tuamala had a really uh great weekend, two goals on Saturday, including the overtime game winning goal.
1: Yeah, I saw the overtime it was a nice game.
0: yeah. It was a really nice goal off a pass from uh, Jordy Bellarive, I believe. But, uh, yeah, I think that he's, you know, he had that time sort of alone without the other two top guys due to injury and call-up. And he did well during that time. And then when they came back, there was a little bit of a bump because they couldn't really figure out what they were doing lines-wise, which is still sort of the case, as we mentioned earlier. But I feel like now he's kind of like, okay, now we're leveled out now. Everything's fine. And, and he's just, I mean, obviously we know he's a fast skater and he just zips down the ice. But I think he's finding his shot a little better now too.
1: No, he definitely is. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to say this to be demeaning to any of the Flyers, but I think right now with the way those guys are struggling, if they had called up to Umala and gave him mostly power play time and a little five-on-five, five, it would have been a big upgrade because his shot right now is dead on. And yeah. Nobody on the flyers right now, one timer is dead on. So, but, you know, it didn't happen. So I'm glad that it's still happening in the AHL because that's, you know, where he's going to be this year.
0: Right. And that's why, you know, and I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show in the last, you know, week or two, but I feel like I've sort of changed that Samu Tuomala is the forward I would want to see a call up at the moment just based on current level of play um if they were willing to do that at the moment right, right?
1: yeah yeah i mean but it doesn't seem like they are so probably it's not even worth our time
0: <laughs> no uh red gardner of course was sent back to the phantoms um he did slot in on the sunday game uh but wasn't there in time to play on Saturday. But there's so much more to talk about. I want to touch on special teams. And uh, Russ, you've got a deep dive on Ronnie Adder that Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear about. And we will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite parts of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about those flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from your seat. GameTime has tickets uh, right up to the start of the event and even up to an hour after it starts. It is the place to find your last-minute seat. Also, those tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account. And use that code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today over on YouTube and subscribe. Russ, uh, Ronnie Adderd has been one of the other guys that we've talked about potentially you know, needing a call-up or should be getting called up, partially because he does so well on the power play and, and does a good job quarterbacking it. Plus, he's got a pretty solid shot there going, um, and he he potted one this past weekend. as yeah as well. And uh, he continues to, I think, get better and better defensively, making fewer mistakes uh, as time has gone on. But uh, what's your take on Ronnie Adder right now?
1: So my take is, if I were the Phantoms, I would be doing a 50-50 split of the power play. I understand that if you could give Emil Andre as much power play time as you can, then you could limit him five on five. But that shouldn't be Ronnie Adder's problem. The Flyers are going to need somebody on that second power play. I don't know if they know it, but I'm going to let them know they... They're gonna need that. they do.
0: Yeah, their power <laughs> and, play has dropped off over yeah. the past several weeks.
1: Yeah, and and so they're gonna need somebody. You know, they got one out of five the other day. Um, Zamula is kind of like okay as a plug there, but he's not gonna be a long-term solution there. And Adam, right now, according to Instat, Adam's hitting 43% of his shots are hitting the net. Um, but he's only getting one point, one just over a minute. of of power play time, where Andre's getting like 3.06 on average. So that means sometimes Adder's probably only getting 30 seconds out there on the power play, and I get it. Like, at the AHL level, you maybe want to play Adder in those tougher minutes, but you got to give him a chance to to get a call-up, and to get a call-up, he's got to get power play time, because if he could show off scoring on the power play, he would get called up. Like, I'm almost certain of this, but that's, I think, the disconnect between the Phantoms, and the Flyers, because the Flyers could easily just say, like you know, if John Tortorella wanted to call Ian Perrier and say, "Hey, who's doing well on the power play?" And they would say, "Well, Andre's you know pretty good, but he's only got three goals. average more ready, as you know, you had Ader last year, and you know, let's get him ready for it. Okay, we'll start playing him more on you know on the power play, and let's let's see how he does. I mean, I don't think it's that hard, but it's not happening, and, and I think it's costing Ader a call-up because he's so versatile. But in the end. If you're going to really get your use out of him with the Flyers in the short run, it's going to be partially on the power play. And Andre needs the whole season in the AHL. I think we all know that.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. And, you know, Ronnie Adderd is still the top scoring defenseman on the Phantoms right now. And, uh, you know, the power play with the Phantoms isn't as strong as it had been. They had had the top power play in the AHL. Uh, but last week they went 0 for. this week they went 0 for 5 between the two games. And, you know, with those minutes that you're talking about, like why isn't Adderton for more of that time, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely should be. You can see the shot. He's got double the amount of goals that Andre does. Again, I don't know the breakdown between 5-on-5 five five and on the power play, but I'm going to guess if you put him on the power play, he's going to get some because he's got a heck of a shot. And it's hitting the net a fair amount of time, as I pointed out. And so why not? Like, why not do this? Your team is struggling anyhow. This could be an answer to, you know, picking up your own power play for a short period of time. And then if Ari gets called up, okay, then you go back to the way you did it. But if not, then you've helped yourself on your power play too.
0: Yeah. And even on on five-on-five, Ronnie Adder's instincts, I think, are really good. Like, he knows when to cheat up a little bit. like. On the goal he had, um, it was a great blind pass, actually, from J.R. Avon it across was. ice. And Ronnie Adderd was just sitting there, like, kind yep. of between the dot and the top of the circle. Yeah, he didn't
1: hesitate. He one-timed nope. it right in. It was great. it
0: really yeah, was, it
1: was, was like, a pro shot. That's a pro shot.
0: Yep. It, it's And the instinct to just drift up there a little bit, knowing that that area was open. Is exactly what you want to do, but he he only does that when it's the right thing to do. That's what's right. so, what I love about him. Yeah, is that he has the right instincts.
1: Yeah, and I still feel like he plays better when he's up at the NHL level. I think he did that a year ago, and I think he would do that again.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about special teams. You know, I mentioned the power play, not really clicking right now but you have a perfect solution to try and get it going at least down there and then maybe yeah. with the flyers as well uh the, the penalty kill uh did have a perfect weekend on the score sheet it was like three for three and four for four but they did allow a goal um, immediately after the end of the uh penalty kill in one of those games where it was essentially a power play goal right. for the yeah, that's always it killer yeah, and I just felt like they were playing with a little bit more desperation on the penalty kill. Like, it's not like the Flyers' structure where they just have it locked down. And you know, oh, sometimes sorry, shots yeah, you know, get I, through. I was
1: thinking that goal went against them. That goal went for them, but didn't count on the power play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Didn't catch up there. That's always interesting when that happens because you always are like, ah, could have been a power like, play goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think that. Um, they really could take a lesson from the flyers penalty kill to mm-hmm. just lock things down, but play through the penalty kill, right? Like the phantoms need to just continue that lockdown play and not be thinking going up ice. The second the, their penalty kill expires. Um, I, I think, you know, there, there's work to be done there, but. Why not,
1: Why not send the video from the flyers penalty kill yeah. to the phantoms and say, check this out. It could help. Like you could do it without hurting feelings. It's just something, you know, for them to watch. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would hope that that goes on. I don't know that it does, but if it doesn't, it should.
0: Yeah. Um. Just a, a few more uh, quick notes before we wrap things up, but did want to mention uh, on Saturday's game versus Wilkes-Barre Scranton, our, our old pal, Jack St. Ivany, Ron Hextall draft pick, who, uh, got signed by the Pens organization while he was still GM there. Uh, is uh, got a goal and an assist versus the Phantoms because that sort of thing always happens. Yep,
1: right? it's always going to be like a revenge thing, and and he's a talented yeah. kid. He may not make it in the NHL, but he's got talent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do want to mention Ali Lixol because I do think that even though he didn't get a goal on the score sheet. I thought his play was really good between the two games. Yeah, that's
1: good to know because for fans that don't see that maybe he's scoring at the same clip to know that he's having the impact and sometimes they really just don't go in.
0: Yeah, and especially in the overtime on Saturday, Um, he did tremendous work with puck possession and skating around on the three on three in order to keep possession of the puck. He dished it off to the next set of guys coming out on the ice, you know, after doing like, I don't know, 15 seconds of stick and puck work. Like it was amazing. And then, you know, the other guys go get the goal, but that's valuable. Yeah, it was really good work. So I did want to uh, make sure we mention that as That's well good. as part of this week's report. But uh, yeah, there are two games this week. Uh, this Friday, uh, Hartford will be visiting Lehigh Valley. So they're back at home. And then once again, Hershey, I just I want this win versus Hershey. Just give me this universe. <laughs> That's all. I, I don't want. know, Rach.
1: It's, <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. I just yeah. Feel
0: it. So uh, get those mailbag questions in. You can send them via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.